Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you Network. ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success When they gave up. Let me repeat that because this is a really important quote. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And that is from Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, as well as hundreds, if not thousands of other innovative products that we still use till this day. The title of today's show is Never, Ever, Ever Give Up. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, you can go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks, all right? And we also have a Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. So if you're not a part of that, just do a search for that on Facebook and send us a request, and we would love to have you in our group. For all my listeners in the United States to get my daily messages, all you have to do is text the letters BBD, that's BBD, like boy, boy, dog, to 411247. And if you have not had the opportunity to download my book, you can download it for free at www www.repeataftermebook.com. All right, we have an absolutely amazing show today, so let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Lee Daniels. Now, Lee's a film and TV director and producer. Lee was born in Philadelphia on Christmas Eve. Lee had a rough childhood with an abusive father. When he was eight years old, his father was downstairs playing cards with some friends, and Lee walked downstairs with high heels on, And his father picked him up and took him outside and threw him in the trash can to an eight-year-old. Wow. This is just one of the many violent encounters that Lee would have with his father as his father would constantly try to beat the feminine ways out of him. Now, Lee's father would constantly tell him that he would grow up to be nothing. Fortunately, Lee had a very supportive grandmother. She saw the greatness in him. She said that he would have greatness far beyond hers as she was the first black woman to go to Duke University. She would tell him, listen, you know you're not like all the other guys around here. You are a F-A-G-G-O-T. At the time, Lee was too young to understand what that was, so he would ask her. She would say, don't worry about it, but you're going to have to get used to it. People are going to call you that. But you have to remember, as long as you're strong, As long as you are fearless, as long as you are honest, you have nothing to worry about. As Lee got older, 
things didn't get much better. Lee said, I thought I was going to end up like most of my friends in jail. That was the way the world was for me. I didn't think I was going to die, but I imagined myself in jail. And when you have to steal to eat, yeah, I thought I was definitely going to jail. I mean, that was just the norm. When Lee was 16, his father, who was a policeman, got killed in the line of duty. His mother was left to raise Lee and his siblings on her own. Now, after finishing high school, Lee went to a small liberal arts college, but he realized that it wasn't for him, so he dropped out. Now, although Lee hadn't figured out that he wanted to direct yet, he was drawn to Hollywood and knew that he had to get there. A girl who he was dating at the time, actually the only girl that he ever dated, gave him $7. So with $7, a bus ticket, and a dream, Lee ventured to California. When Lee first came to Los Angeles, he was homeless as he had no money. He would sneak into the back of a church at night and sleep there until the pastor finally caught him. The pastor told him that if he wanted to stay, he would have to clean the church, and he gladly did. The church had a theater, and Lee would begin to put on one-act plays as this was his first time directing. Instantly, Lee knew that this was for him. He knew that his destiny was on the stage. He would eventually get a job as a receptionist at a nursing home. After he realized that he could do the work on his own, he would quit and start his own nursing agency. Lee's agency became very successful and he made a lot of money before he sold the business. He then went to work managing and casting actors. Lee's first big break came when he got to work on two of Prince's movies, Under the Cherry Moon and Purple Rain. In 2001, Lee's company, Lee Daniels Entertainment, produced Monsters Ball, which became a critical and box office success. Halle Berry won an Oscar for her role in the film, and the film was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Monsters Ball was made for $4 million and would go on to make over $44 million at the box office. Now, over the following years, Lee would produce and direct several other films, but in 2009, Precious, a film that he directed and produced, would receive six Academy Award nominations, including Best Director, in which the film won two of the six awards. Lee also directed and produced The Butler, which not only won several awards, The Butler was also a major box office success, as it cost $30 million to make and generated over $176 million. Lee has also been successful in television as he is the co-creator, executive producer, director, and writer of the hit TV series Empire. Now, although Lee has overcome many obstacles in his life, he says that the hardest thing that he has ever done was believe in himself. He says, the hardest thing I've done is learning to love myself, learning to believe in myself. You know, I only did it all as a vendetta to my dad to show him that I was going to be something. I mean, it was about survival, showing him, but knowing deep down that I wasn't worthy of it. So yeah, I think that myself would be, I am my own worst enemy, but I'm learning. That's why I'm in therapy now. Profile number two, Arthur Gensler. Now, Arthur was born in Brooklyn and wanted to be an architect ever since the age of five. His father was a salesman and taught him how to sell and communicate and the importance of service to the client. Arthur graduated first in his class from Cornell University's College of 
architecture. And after 52 interviews, he got a job for $2.50 an hour with the firm that designed the Empire State Building. Four years later, Arthur moved his family to San Francisco and he began working with another firm. While with that firm, he ran the team that constructed the design for the Bay Area Rapid Transit System. Now, one day, while having a drink with a friend that he went to school with, the friend told him that he needed help with a project that he was working on. Arthur agreed to help, but told him that he would need to get paid every two weeks because he only had $200 and he had a family to feed. He then went to the owner of the company that he was working for, and he told him that he wanted to start his own firm, but didn't have any money. So he asked if he could work for the company in the morning and work for himself in the afternoon. He said yes, and for three months, that's what he did. Now, that's an absolutely amazing idea. I know a lot of people listening want to start their own business, but they can't just give up their job yet. Maybe they have a family to support. Maybe they have a whole bunch of bills, and they just can't risk it all why don't you go to your boss and ask your boss something some sort of arrangement like that maybe you can cut your days down the days that you have to work you work a little bit longer and only work maybe three days a week or four days a week and that gives you a little extra time to work on your own business when i read this that just really blew me away because I had never thought about that. And I'm sure many other people have never, ever thought about it. We just go to our jobs five days a week, six days a week, and that's it. But you can go in. If you're a good employee and you're valuable to the company, you could go in and ask them for an arrangement like that. Maybe you work in the mornings and then um, go in a little bit early and you get to leave a little early. And then the rest of the day, you get an opportunity to work on your own business. Now, Arthur says that you've got to take unexpected opportunities and believe in yourself enough to take a gamble. So in the fall of 1965, he started M. Arthur Gensler Jr. and Associates Incorporated. His wife became the office manager and they hired one employee. They had no business plan and no money, but they felt something would happen. You don't need a business plan to get started. You don't need money to get started. You just got to believe in yourself. You got to know that you can do it. They rented a small space and used doors for drafting boards and sat on wooden stools. They didn't have a fancy office. At first, they were living paycheck to paycheck. Arthur paid himself a salary of $1,200 a month. Arthur's firm would get continual work from the original job that he did from his college buddy. His company continued to grow as he got to know real estate developers and brokers, and they introduced him to their clients. As his business expanded, they hired a few more people. Word continued to spread, and his company was selected to do the interior design and planning for the Bank of Denver, where they opened their first office outside California. Shortly after, they were hired by Pennzoil, and they opened another office in Houston, Texas. Now, during the company's first year, they made $200,000. After a year and a half, Arthur realized that he was running a business and went to UC Berkeley to take night classes in business, but quickly realized that he wouldn't learn everything he needed to know fast enough, so he hired a professor as a consultant, and once a week, he would give a tailored session to Arthur and eight of his employees. By doing this, they were able to get a mini MBA. Now, throughout the years, Arthur's firm would endure tough times during recessions and business would slow down. But because he saved well, he was able to endure the storms. 
While Arthur was speaking at a design conference, he had the opportunity to meet Steve Jobs, who would eventually have his firm design the first 100 Apple retail stores. Now, Arthur's firm has grown into the largest architectural firm in the world. This is a firm where the guy started with no money. He had absolutely no money, no business plan, and has grown into the largest architectural firm in the world with 47 offices in 12 countries and over 5,000 employees while generating $1.2 billion in revenue in 2016. Let's now take a look at some of the great business advice from Arthur. Now, all my entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs, make sure you pay close attention to these words of wisdom. This is a guy that started his business with nothing, with absolutely nothing, while working another job. Now, he is the largest architectural firm in the world, generating $1.2 billion a year. Number one, listen to clients. Respect them and become their trusted advisor so they hire you over and over again. It's cheaper to keep a client than to go out there and get a new client. Now, if you help clients solve their problems, you become more than just a hired gun. Number two, welcome talent back. If employees leave us for another job or because their spouse got a transfer, we make it clear to the most talented that they're welcome back. When people return, we give them a boomerang with their initial employment, departure, and return dates on it. About 5% of our firm are boomerangs. Number three, B1 Firm. We have a Monday morning phone call with all 47 offices to share information. We start with Asia, then go to the Middle East, Europe, and the Americas, and the conversation is transcribed at afternoon for all. We share money people, and clients. If a client in New York wants a job done in Chicago, whoever's best for the project does it. Now, at some point in our lives, maybe as children or even as adults, we all came up with exciting plans for our lives. We all dreamed of doing amazing things. What happened to those dreams? What happened to all those plans? Now, for many of us, we allowed life to get in the way. We allowed excuses to grow and our doubts got bigger and bigger. Then all of a sudden, our plans and dreams started to float away as they became a distant memory. Even worse, some, some of us stopped dreaming altogether because we were told to get practical or realistic about our lives. We may have given up on the possibility that we could have the life that we dreamt about or desired. Now, there are many reasons as to why this has happened. Before we can fix this and get back on the right track, we must first take a look at why this may have even happened in the first place. Let's now take a look at some of the reasons why we may have given up in the past. Number one, my dream isn't practical or realistic. Being practical isn't always a bad thing. Now, there are times in our lives where we may need to be practical as it's not smart to live life completely reckless but the problem with being over practical is that it's a cookie cutter way to live most of the time. Many people choose practicality over passion and purpose. They end up giving up what they love to do because it seems irresponsible. Number two, people won't understand my dream. 
You have to remember that your dream is yours. That's why it was given to you, not anyone else. You can't expect other people to really understand what your dream means to you or how it makes you feel. Everyone won't support your idea. You have to be okay with that. Some people will encourage you and some people will doubt you and you still have to be okay with that. Number three, I'm not sure of how it will happen. Uncertainty will usually deter most people. If they don't have a plan and blueprint for how to do something, it's easy to brush it off as just a pipe dream that's too difficult to accomplish. Even if they know what they need to do, they may be discouraged because they don't have a clear picture of how everything will come together. Number four, my dream isn't safe and secure. Now, many people want to fulfill their desires, but they feel that in order to take the big leap, they have to risk too much. Maybe they have a family that they are responsible for, or they have a retirement plan that they don't want to jeopardize. Number five, I'm too old or too young. Many people allow the limiting belief that they're too young and don't have enough experience or that they're too old and have allowed their prime to pass to prevent them from moving forward. Number six. They lose the belief of it being possible. When whatever we're working on doesn't happen in the time frame that we expect for it to, we end up losing patience and doubt that it's possible for it to happen. And number seven, they get bored of the repetitiveness. In order to get what you want in life, you'll need to do the same thing over and over again, and it will become boring and monotonous. For example, if you hit an oak tree with an axe a thousand times in a thousand different places, nothing will happen. But if you hit that same tree with the same axe in the same place a thousand times, let me tell you something, that tree will come down. Now, many people get bored of repeating the same task over and over again and end up giving up too soon to start a new venture that gives them some fresh excitement, but they never, ever accomplish whatever it is that they set out to accomplish. Number eight, they listen to others' advice. If you are easily persuaded by the advice that others give you, you can be susceptible to dropping everything you're working on achieving because of some info someone has given you that may not even be correct. Number nine, they become too distracted by other aspects of their life. A dream or goal requires a lot of consistent attention. When you first start a project, life may be going smoothly, but as soon as you really get going, all sorts of problems and issues begin to arise. It always happens like that. If you think that this ride to your dream is going to be smooth, you got something else in for you. It never works like that, but you still got to keep going. Number 10, they find it too difficult. We have to remember that if it's something worthwhile, it's supposed to be difficult. If it wasn't difficult, then everyone would be doing it, and then it probably wouldn't even be worth doing. Number 11, they don't have the discipline to work hard enough. Now, this may be the biggest reason why most people end up giving up. It takes real discipline to get the results from your goals that you desire. You have to be able to put the work in, not just on the days that you feel like it, but especially on the days that you don't feel like it. Now that we understand why at times it's tempting to give up, let's take a look at some of the reasons why we should never, ever, ever give up. Sometimes just looking at these reminders can give us enough motivation to just stick with it. Number one, as long as you're alive, 
anything, and I mean absolutely anything, is possible. The only valid excuse you have to give up is if you are not alive. As long as you are alive and breathing, you have the choice to keep going until you succeed. Number two, you are strong. You are stronger than you can even imagine. One little setback is not enough to stop you from achieving your goals. Neither are 10 or 100 or even 1,000 setbacks. Number three, you will inspire others. This one is especially for my parents that are listening. By refusing to give up, you will be an inspiration to others. Who knows what someone can achieve because you never gave up and in turn inspired them not to give up. We have to remember our kids don't do as we say they do as we do. And if they see us continually quitting things over and over and over again, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to end up doing the same thing. And then we get mad at them when they do the same thing. We got to be the example for them, not only for our kids, but all other people because you never know who's watching you. Number four, no regrets. It's better to have tried and failed than to wonder what might have been. Live life with no regrets. That feeling of wondering what could have been might still eat at you even years down the road. And that's the worst thing. You don't want to get to the end of your life and wish you would have did something that you didn't do. Number five, the journey. Many valuable experiences are found on the journey. Basically, life is what happens when we make our way towards a goal. While we're on the journey, not only do we give ourselves a chance to accomplish whatever we set out to accomplish, but we also grow and become a stronger person. Number six, the successes we will achieve along the way. If your dreams are big enough, you will have stepping stones of success along the way. These small achievements can be celebrated and can also give you the push you need to get through the next goal until your ultimate goal is realized. Number seven, success is often just around the corner. Let me repeat that. Success is often just around the corner. If you only knew how close you were, often we give up far too soon. It's like the story of three feet from gold. R.U. Derby left Maryland to journey to Colorado in search of gold back in the gold rush days. R.U. Derby would search and search and search and found no gold. Now, feeling frustrated and defeated, he gave up and sold all his equipment to a junk dealer for almost nothing and took a train back to Maryland. Now, the junk dealer brought in an expert and the expert found one of the biggest gold veins and the junk dealer ended up making millions of dollars. We don't want that to happen to us. We don't want to give up. And the next thing someone else does the idea that we were given, the concept that we had first, and then they end up making millions of billions off of this idea when all because we gave up too soon. Now that we know why many of us quit before we succeed and the reasons why we must keep going, let's now look at a few strategies that will help us to keep going even when we feel like quitting. Number one. Get moving. Anytime we exercise or get in motion, our body releases chemicals called endorphins that help to boost our mood and lowers rates of depression. These endorphins trigger positive feelings in the body similar to morphine, which may be what we need when we feel like giving up. Number two, watch someone who has done what you're attempting to do. That's why I always profile at least two or three people before every show or at the beginning of every show. 
Because when we hear these stories over and over and over again of these people being successful that came from similar situations as us, sometimes even worse situations than us, then that gives us the belief that we can do it too. Now, there'll be times that we think that what we're attempting to do may be impossible. But when we see someone else that came from a similar starting point as us accomplish it, it reminds us that we can do it as well. Number three, remind yourself why. Now, in the pursuit of our goal, sometimes we get so caught up that we forget why we are doing what we are doing in the first place. Maybe it's for our family. Maybe it's for ourselves. Whatever the reason is, remembering why will give you enough fuel to keep going. Number four, find someone to call you out. Now, although sometimes we may have valid reasons for wanting to quit, most times we are simply making up excuses when things get hard. Find someone who's willing to be honest and call you out when you're making up excuses. Someone that wants you to succeed but knows when you're making up excuses. This can also be an accountability partner. Number five, find a different how. Now, refusing to give up doesn't mean that you should keep doing the same thing over and over again. If the approach that you're currently using isn't working, try a different approach. Don't just quit. Just try a different way to get there. Continue in this way until you find a technique or strategy that works. Number six, remind yourself of past successes. Remind yourself what success feels like. Remember a time in the past when you overcame huge obstacles. Tell yourself that if you did it once before, you could absolutely do it again. And number seven, make quitting not an option. Just decide that you're not going to quit. Deciding that quitting is not an option and no matter how many times you fail, you're going to keep going. All right, well, that's all that we have for today's show. Want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to this show or any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you have three friends that give up all the time, all right? I know you got three friends that could have benefited from what we talked about today, so make sure you share this with them. Tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this show on. If they can't tune in at that time, then have them go to the website. They can just go to the website and re-listen to any of the old episodes, all right? You want to be a great friend and share this great information with your friends so they can become better because what's the fun of you being the best that you can be all by yourself? You want the people around you to be the best that they can possibly be as well, all right? Don't forget to find me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, When you get into a tight place and everything goes against you, never give up. Then, for that is just the place and time that the tide will turn. And that's from Harriet Beecher Stowe. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week.